It was mentioned earlier that we have shifted now out of our series on 1 Corinthians, which was all summer long, and we are now moving into a series on a priority in this church this year, which is practice stewardship. You'll notice the liturgical art is different on the table, the masthead of our bulletin, and you can read a little bit about that. All of this is a picture of the Jewish reminder of God's abundance in the Havdalah, um, and you'll hear more about that too. And we're going to be thinking about what it means to be a good steward and what it means to use the things that have been given to us, including our time. September 29th, we hope you will take note, we are going to have a 35-minute documentary called Godspeed that's going to be a stimulus for us in thinking about that. So it's a really unusual fall for us and an exciting series that we're looking forward to. Practice stewardship. But what is a steward? I don't think we really know what a steward is. I have noticed for people that own their own business, it's been very hard for them to get away on vacation because for them to really, really, really let go, who are they going to entrust their work to? Who thinks like they do? Who cares like they do? who is going to manage people and have the same values that they do. And so often they just keep working when they're on vacation because it's really hard to find a good steward. That's a steward. Oftentimes when I went to visit my father who, lives in, uh, who lived in Visalia, he just passed away recently, he would want to go to the mountains to visit a man named Clarence Holbrook. Clarence Holbrook, he had known for a very long time because when my grandfather was alive and had his own beef breeding farm, he was over years trying to develop a new breed of beef cattle. And my grandfather was too old to manage the farm and to really manage the whole project. But he had a manager named Clarence Holbrook who managed the farm, managed the ranch, managed the project, and he managed it so well that my grandfather trusted him completely. It was like they were yoked together. And so my father always wanted to go visit Clarence Holbrook. And they just had a real trust, a real bond, a real sense of history and shared values because he had been such a good steward for my grandfather in that breeding project. Genesis 1. God created us in God's image, gave us dominion over everything God made on earth to be stewards. I want you to value what I value. Made us so that we had that capacity, made in God's image, that we could actually know God's heart, that we could be in tune with what God values and entrusted to us God's glorious and beautiful creation and said, here, I want you to be my trusted stewards. Well, what does it mean to be a good steward as we live out our daily lives? Are we seeing what God sees? Are we treasuring what God treasures? I brought a visual aid I got this at the dollar store. So I'm going to put this on periodically so you can just kind of get the point. 
You know, are we seeing what God sees? Are we treasuring what God treasures? I can't leave them on very long because they drive me crazy. But this passage is Jesus uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, and he's actually talking to people who are Jews. So that means that they were raised on this calling and this covenant where they said, yes, we will be your people, God. You will be our God. In other words, we will be your stewards. And they're not only Jews, they're also people who have been called to be disciples, which means that they have left everything to follow Jesus. So the topic you're going to hear in this passage is worry. You're going to hear it three times. Do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. But it's really about this. What are we seeing? And what are we treasuring? All right, let's pray. And let's listen to God's word. Jesus, we pray for your spirit to speak to us. We pray for your presence here to move among us that you would help us to actually be seeing what you want us to see and treasuring what you've created us to treasure. Amen. Matthew 6, beginning at verse 19, all the way to the end. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. I think that word worry 
hits a nerve with us. I think we are weighed down by a lot of worry. Not all of you got to know Jim Luttrell, uh, just a treasured, beloved man who actually was on the search committee who brought me here uh, in 1996. So I had a special bond with Jim Luttrell. He actually died this past week. And uh, as we were sitting there in his room with his family, uh, such special people, I was remembering about how we had a different kind of bond, and that is that he and I both struggled with anxiety. And we would talk about it and how hard it was for us because it was not something you could explain or just explain away, but it was something that was very crippling. Some of us struggle with anxiety, that kind of worry, but there are also very real worries, aren't there? The cost of living, cost of housing, I heard. Mark Gerhardt was telling me that this county is the most expensive place to raise children in the nation. That's a worry. That's a burden. People are working two or three jobs around here to make it, to be able to live here. And there are other trends that just add this layer of anxiety and worry. Suicide is on the rise. There are lockdown drills in our schools that are making our kids more anxious because they are afraid, prepared for gun violence. There is this climate crisis that nobody really wants to talk about because we don't know what to do with it that's playing out locally and around the world. This worry shows up in our bodies in a variety of ways. I am one of those that grinds my teeth. I don't know how many mouth guards I've been through, quite a few. And there are ways to treat the symptoms, right? If you have high blood pressure, you can take medication. If you have neck pain and back spasms, you can take anti-inflammatories, you can go to a physical therapist. There is yoga, there are life coaches, there are a variety of things that can help us, including going on a vacation. We're really good at treating the symptoms. But Jesus is not interested in the symptoms here, but the source, truly. What are you seeing? What are you treasuring? One of the most beloved stories in the New Testament is about Mary and Martha. And these are two sisters who actually are good friends with Jesus. And I don't know if they're good friends with Jesus when this happens, but he actually is coming through where they live and he says, I would like to stop by your house. And they open their home to him, which probably means that they're not just opening their home to Jesus, but to everybody that's traveling with Jesus. So all of a sudden, their house is filled with people. And in that culture, it was the women who did the work of hosting and preparing the meals and all that kind of thing. So it was a really, really uh, frantic situation. And all of a sudden, Martha looks around, and Mary is not around helping her whatsoever. And she's sitting instead with all the men at Jesus' feet. So Martha goes over to Jesus and says this, Lord, do you not care that my sisters left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. And this is what Jesus says to her. Martha, you're worried and you're distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. And Mary has chosen 
the better part, this is the part that will not be taken away from her. A lot of people reading this story say that Martha gets a bad rap because she had every reason to be upset, right? Why should she be doing all the work by herself? Why shouldn't Mary be in there helping her? Jesus isn't telling her that she doesn't have reason to be stressed, but he's really inviting her to this question once again. What are you seeing? What are you treasuring? Who is in the house? It is Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the creator of all things. And Martha had lost sight of the main thing, the reason she was doing all those preparations, which was to host Jesus. I think we can tell ourselves, I will stop worrying when, fill in the blank, I will stop worrying when I have enough money. I will stop worrying when I'm no longer lonely without a relationship or I'm no longer lonely in my relationships. I will stop worrying when I have a better job with better benefits. I will stop worrying when I get my kids through this really tough patch in their lives. I will stop worrying when I feel better. I will stop worrying when we elect different leaders. Fill in the blank. Israel, hundreds of years earlier, were convinced that they would stop worrying when they were no longer slaves in Egypt. And then they were taken out of Egypt. Every single one of them. Nobody died. They were all delivered out of Egypt and there they were in the wilderness worrying about where they were going to get food and if they would die of thirst. And that became a school for them out there, that wilderness. And what was the school? It was this school. What are you seeing? What are you treasuring? You have a heavenly father, Jesus is saying, in the school that he's in as he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Your heavenly father is all-powerful. He made the beauty of creation. He already knows what you need. He's eager to provide for you. You are so valuable to your maker, to your heavenly father. Later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling them, ask, seek, knock. And when you do, you will receive, you will find, the door will be open to you. You know why? Because God loves you. You know how to love your kids. You know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more is God delighting in giving good gifts to you? Today is my sister's birthday, not just one, but two. They were born on the same day. And I loved picking out gifts for them. And I like picking things that I know they'll like. One sister is, I call her the horse whisperer. So I found this really cool mug 
that has really beautiful pictures of horses on it. Another sister loves homemade things, and so I found this, and she loves birds. So I found at the King Mountain Art Fair, just this fabric bird that had a little magnet in it that you can put anywhere, it's really cool looking. That gives me joy to find gifts that I know they're gonna love. How much more, Jesus is saying, does God delight in giving you good gifts? Your heavenly Father, what are you seeing? What do you treasure? We have some competing masters. We have some competing loves. I think it's interesting to think back on when you first fell in love. That may have been a very long time ago. It was for me. But remember it. When you first fell in love, what was that like? All of a sudden, nothing else mattered. There was only one thing that mattered. That person, time with that person, what was going on with that person, the world got very, very focused. It's been interesting for me as a pastor to work with couples as they are preparing to get married. And the biggest challenge in that preparation is that everything becomes about the reception <laughs> and not about the relationship. And it's amazing how it just turns into this all-consuming worry affair that's all about the logistics of what's going to happen that day. I was sitting with someone uh, recently who was still stewing over what had happened at her wedding 15 years earlier because the photographer had cut the cake for them instead of letting them cut the cake. <laughs> My gosh. I just wanted to say, what, what? <laughs> what about your marriage? When she was saying, oh, I got this great marriage. What do you see? What do you treasure? The Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and God's goodness. All these things will be added unto you. There was a man who ran up to Jesus at one point. I think his desire was to be a good steward. He was a very accomplished man. He had a position of influence in the community. He was very wealthy. He knew the Ten Commandments and he kept the Ten Commandments and yet there was this anxiety in him. What do I need to do? What do I still need to do? What do I still need to do? And Jesus was very concerned for him and responded to his anxiety with the same two concerns. What are they? What are you seeing? What are you treasuring? And he gave him some very simple advice. Simplify your life. Be generous. And stay close to God. I think Jim Luttrell was a good steward. I think Jim Luttrell was a good steward because he did live simply and he did give generously and he did stay close to God. 
he was in the Word regularly, such a quiet man, but he and Rhoda led a Bible study small group until they couldn't lead a Bible study small group anymore, until he started having dementia. They were in worship every Sunday. They were eager to have whatever they were seeing come from the light of Christ and knew they couldn't do that on their own, that this was something that Jesus wanted to give and could give, and so they stayed close to God. Jim and Rhoda were famous, in my mind, actually, for having Sunday dinners with their family every Sunday night. The whole extended family, all the cousins, grandkids, all got together for dinner at their house. I considered it somewhat miraculous. They made a point of getting together as a family. They treasured family relationship. He was a teacher and a coach at Woodside High School. He loved his students. He was called the gentleman coach because he stewarded his profession, his calling, in such a way that empowered and believed in others and encouraged them. He loved and served this church. He still had anxiety. He still struggled with anxiety, as do I. Worries don't necessarily go away. But he was seeking first the kingdom of God and God's goodness. And it started to unfold in the rest of his life, how he stewarded his time, how he stewarded his talent, how he stewarded all that God had given to him. So what's it mean to be a good steward for God? I know you love these glasses right now. (laughs) What are you seeing? What are you treasuring? I think Jesus' longing is that right now and every day, you are seeing Jesus right in front of you with you saying, "Come, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Value what God values. Stay close to God, and you will find rest. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, you know us so well. You know us better than we know ourselves, actually. And look to us with kindness and compassion. By your Spirit, may we see clearly By your spirit, may we treasure what is truly our lasting treasure above all else. Help us even this day to recalibrate, to recenter, to invite you into the rhythm of our days so that we can see and treasure and be your good stewards. In Jesus' name, amen.